Hi there, a quick note before the episode begins. Did you know that Mija has her own audiobook with exclusive and brand new material? It's called Mija Podcast, the audiobook, an exclusive and never-before-heard collection of memoirs and reflections by her creator, Lori Martinez, about what it meant to turn her own migration story into a fiction series. When you get Ochenta's audiobooks, you're directly supporting our independent audio series productions. You can find it on Libro.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobooks app. Also available in Spanish and French. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Bienvenidos and welcome to Miha on the Mic, where me, Miha, interviews daughters of immigrants who are making moves in their industries around the world. Today, I'm so excited to invite podcast writer, and am I correct to say poet, because I saw you published a book of yes. poetry, and podcaster Heidi De La Cruz. Thank you so much for being here today. No, thank you. A lot of the time, I, I know my Miha guests ahead of time, but this is the first time <laughs> we're chatting. So I'm, I would love for you yes. just to kind of tell me about yourself and the Miha. What is your Miha culture? So as you stated, Heidi de la Cruz here. I am a copywriter, podcaster, and poet. So I write poetry as well. And I am the host of the American Dream in the Eyes of Immigrants podcast, where I have immigrants come on and share their journey of coming to the United States. Um, we talk about culture shocks that they experience, how they navigated, you know, those first years of living here in the United States and, and things like that. And my mission with that podcast is to change the narrative of immigration to a more compassionate, empathetic way. You know, I say like a Jesus approach to educate and then also just provide a safe space for migrants to share their, their story. Because I realized like that part of their story is not talked about. Like once they're here, like what happens, what they go through. So that's my podcast. And my Miha culture is I am a child of immigrants. My parents came from the Dominican Republic back in the 90s. I was born in New York, raised in Michigan, and I currently live now in Florida. That's a long trip. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm also from New York originally. I'm Colombian American myself. And so, um, and I just interviewed another Dominican Miha yesterday. So, this oh, is nice. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> so, I would love to kind of get a sense of, you know, you growing up. Uh, with your culture? How was it? Did you have kind of a sense of like you were between two worlds? Oh, yes. Yes. So growing up in Michigan, um, there wasn't a lot of Dominicans. Now there's more. But when I was growing up, there wasn't that many. Um, there's a lot more Mexicans um, in Michigan. So as soon as you start speaking Spanish, people automatically think that you are Mexican. So just having to educate people that Mexico is not the only Spanish-speaking country, you know, um, educate where the Dominican Republic is and, and things like that. And yes, navigating two cultures like, you know, our independence, our independence day is in February and in February in Michigan, it is very, very 
cold and snowy and things like that. So it's like usually Dominicans have a big party, parades and things like that. So like we were able to celebrate, but it was like mostly indoors. Like if you wanted to have like a parade, it would be like in below zero weather, which is no fun. And just like trying to learn of like my Dominican culture while then also embracing the American culture. Like there was some things that like my friends didn't understand of why we did certain things or why I wasn't allowed to do certain things. So for example, my best friend struggled with understanding why my parents wouldn't allow me to do sleepovers. You know, like that's not common in, you know, the Dominican culture. So I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, They found that my dad was like very strict I feel like now that I'm older and I have my own kids, I feel like it was just his way of being protective, you know? And it could have been just his own fears of just, you know, being in this country and not knowing people and and things like that. So there was just, it was just a lot of, I feel like a lot of educating that I had to do to my friends and then educating myself too. um, Because since I wasn't, I didn't grow up in the Dominican Republic, it was just like hearing stories from my family, um, and their friends or visiting like you know i visited a lot when i was younger so just kind of like wow things are completely different in the dominican public as they are here in the united states like there's just yeah growing up i was definitely with that in between two cultures i'm not dominican enough but then i'm not too dominican for my american friends and then too american for like my dominican family so it was just like that struggle of in between so what feels the most like home to you oh the food i think um is what feels most at home it's just like our even though the food in the dominican public is completely different than what it is here but just trying to like keep the same dishes here and everything like that makes me feel at home like for example um yes i'm dominican american grew up you know with immigrant parents my husband is immigrant he grew up in the dominican public but we mostly cook dominican food at home you know like you know the meat and everything so we uh try to keep that and then you know trying to get my daughter to like you know be used to that and everything so that's that's what feels at home it's the food what role does language play in your kind of understanding of that now one generation out your kid is even more American than you were when you were coming up so how does that kind of translate in language so I struggle to be completely honest to speaking to my daughter in, in Spanish and like when she was younger, I was living with my parents for her first three years. And so like my grandma was there and my grandma would take care of my daughter when I was at work. So obviously my grandma only spoke to her in Spanish and then I will speak to her in Spanish too. But as she got older and started going to school and learning English, I realized that like explaining things to her when she's asking questions like why this or why that, it was easier for me to explain it in English than it was in Spanish. So like now she she understands Spanish and she speaks it when she goes to the Dominican Republic to visit her dad. But when she's home, I'm trying to get her like, okay, you need to speak Spanish because I don't want you to lose it. And then so like it's been a struggle back and forth. And even between me and my husband, like I try to tell him like, okay, we need to speak more Spanish. So then like my son, who's a year and a half, can pick it up as well. So yeah, language has definitely been a thing. And because, you know, my parents only speak Spanish. So like when she sees my parents or grandparents, like it's only Spanish. So you can hear that accent um, when she's trying to speak Spanish or she'll ask me like, how do you say this? And how do you say that? So I'm like, we need to get better at that. So it's a struggle over here. Yeah, um, everyone that I've talked to so far about the kind of questioning around language is always kind of associating it with 
either kind of shame that you're not able to speak it so much or, you know, frustrated that you can't use it or really kind of depending on your your parents' relationship with the language and how they might have been ostracized for speaking it, they might not have even taught you at all. Yeah. So, you know, now that you're in the position to teach your daughter, it's really beautiful that you're kind of really pushing towards, yeah, I want you to be proud that you speak yeah. Spanish. That's because we're at that stage, I guess. Um, it feels like daughters of immigrants, when they have their own kids, they're like, no, but I want you to be proud. Does that resonate? Yeah, yeah. Like keep the culture because you're right. Like the more like she's more American than I am. And so it's kind of like more far removed from the home culture. So it's like I want her to keep that and pass that on to her kids if she has kids, you know, and the good thing is that she does go to the Dominican Republic in the summer. So she like she's embraced in, in the culture. But I don't know if her kids will have that opportunity, you know, so it's just like we're getting further and further. And it's like, I don't want us to lose our roots. I don't want us to lose our culture in our in our customs, too. Yeah, it's it's the big fear, no? Like because we've integrated at this point, so many second generation kids are now integrating society to the point where we, you know, we're working white collar yes. jobs and we can kind of be okay financially to the point where we have our own families and we're kind of asking these questions and like what is the, you know, you get to have the privilege to even ask, can my kids speak Spanish? Can I make it so that they can? Yeah. And so that's that's amazing that you even have the, you know, you can send your daughter back and you can have that kind of relationship with your your home country. So I would like to get into your podcast. So tell me about how you started the show. What inspired you? Was there like a moment where you're like, no, I should make a podcast like this is just we have to stop just talking about this like this. I need a microphone. What was the thing that kind of triggered that? Yes. <laughs> So God put it in my heart to start a podcast in 2019. So I just got that tug like, oh, I want to start a podcast. Um, I like having thoughtful in conversations, like deep conversations. I like knowing like the opinions and perspective of other people. So what I wanted to start the podcast as it was just going to be me and a friend and we were going to talk about kind of like just what they're doing in their life and highlighting the good things that they're doing in their life because I feel like also a lot of people don't celebrate themselves right they just like move on like through their life and they don't really realize what big or what impact they're having on other people so I wanted to highlight that and then I was kind of torn in between that or like just having a podcast me and a friend come on and just talk about like different topics that were going on at the time so like to get different perspectives and things like that so I have those healthy debates or healthy conversations right like to you know expand so 2020 we already know the world shut down so and i was finishing up my master so i was like i can't do it this year 2021 i ended up getting pregnant with my son and i had a rough pregnancy so i was like i can't focus on that i had to focus on my health so finally 2022 i was like you know what i'm gonna do it i've been wanting to do this for a few years now so I literally started Googling how to start a podcast. And so like I was searching like how to start it, what hosting site to use and everything. And since I'm a writer, I write on the um, website Medium. And so one day I was like, you know, reading articles and putting comments. And I came across an article from this uh, woman who had migrated from Kenya. And the article she wrote about how each cultural shock that she experienced here in the United States really diminished her confidence. So it really kind of like tore her down, um, just, just these experiences that she was having here. And it really touched me. So I was like, wow, like 
no one talks about that. No one talks about what the migrants experience once they get here. You know, the challenges, the um, just navigating um, people helping them, people not helping them, you know. So after I read that article, I spoke with my husband and I asked him, I was like, hey, how do you remember how you felt when you first arrived to the United States? He was nine years old. And to this day, he vividly remembers how he was feeling, what he saw. So he told me like all of that. And I was just thinking, I was like, that's a podcast episode right there. Like just him explaining his story, how he felt, what he saw. And so that's where I was like, okay, this is what I want my podcast to be. Just because I don't see that this is talked about. And also just, like I said earlier, just to change the narrative of immigration, because what we see on the news or media and things like that are usually biased opinions and views on immigration. We don't get the facts. We don't get what is actually going on with these people. So that's how the podcast was born. Um, I've met some really incredible people on doing this podcast, entrepreneurs, lawyers, investors. So I've, I've loved that to be able to highlight that as well, like not just their story, but then also like what they're doing today. You know, that's also what kind of inspired me to start Mija. So, um, you know, if you haven't had a chance to check out the show. The first season of Mija is kind of inspired by my own immigration journey with my family from Colombia to New York. And it tells the story of how each member of the family is affected by that switch. So the mother and the father arrive in New York, how the first generation kids born in the U.S. basically experience that kind of dual culture, the grandparents that are still in the country, how do they feel about it? And so we did that, you know, with a couple of different uh, Mijas in the different seasons. And kind of fictionalized it because, you know, we tell stories about our, our journeys. And of course, it's not the difficult parts, right? We try to kind of tell a novella kind of story, like everything works out in the end. And, you know, todos están felices. But it's so much harder. And I really appreciate that your show kind of talks about the difficulties of it, of talks about, you know, these, these challenges that immigrants face when they arrive in a new country. It takes years, decades to feel like you are now part of this culture, right? And even if you're born in the U.S. and you have this origin that is foreign, you might not necessarily feel part of the culture yet because you might not necessarily say, oh, I'm American like that. I'm something else. I'm more. I would love to know if there's anything that you kind of were surprised by in, in talking to your guests. If there's something that you were taken aback by, a story that, you know, really spoke to you. So what I've realized is talking to people from different cultures is that we are more alike than what we are different. Um, stories that have been just taking me aback, I would have to say is one of my guests, you know, shared her journey of being a DACA recipient and we cried. I'm not a crier. I like, it takes a lot for me to cry. But I got so teary-eyed in that episode, and I was, and obviously she did too with her journey, and yeah, it was just very emotional. So yeah, so it's just some of them just really touched my heart, just because again, we just don't know what people are going through unless we actually ask and are actually like, you know, hey, I wanna, I wanna know your story, I wanna know, you know, what's going on and, and things like that. So I'm curious about all of your guests talking about the American dream because it means a lot of different things to different people. And some people achieve it, some people don't, some people don't think it's real. So I would love to hear what your thoughts are on the American dream and how 
yourself you've been able to experience it? So I just recently started asking my guests, like, what does the American dream mean to you? How do you think the American dream differs between migrants and, and non-migrants? And the most recent guest that I um, interviewed, she was just mentioning how, like, immigrants appreciate it more than non-immigrants because, you know, when you have privilege and when you have, you know, things that are easy, not easy, but like efficient, right? There's a lot of things in the United States that is, it makes our life easier than, than in other countries. And so it's just like when, when you have that always, you don't really realize that is a privilege or that it's easier for you than it, um, other people. So she's like, it just seems like immigrants appreciate it more just because they have to move and come to a different country to, you know, be able to obtain that as vice versa for somebody who's born here, um, a lot of them don't really take advantage of the opportunities that are presented here in the United States and things like that. So it's definitely, I feel like it definitely differs uh, between the two. I'm not saying that it's easier for non-immigrants because obviously people who are born here, they have struggles, they have challenges. Um, Life is hard for everybody. The thing is, when migrants come, they're learning a new language, they're learning a new culture, um, they're literally starting over from scratch, from nothing. Um, some of them don't know anybody who's lived here, right? So they have to, you know, create a new community, step out their comfort zone um, to meet people and, and, and seek help and things like that. But I, I definitely see, I can see both sides when I, you know, I was born here, so it's like I've seen the privilege that we have here versus in the Dominican Republic, but it's like also a struggle because it's like my parents came to this country, like they had to learn how to navigate and things like that. So there's been, you know, different answers, um, very beautiful answers. And I just, I just love how much the, my guests appreciate, you know, living here and they, they don't take that for granted at all. Yeah. They say immigrants are the most patriotic people, regardless of what country you're in. Because I, I was just talking to a, a French daughter of immigrants and she said the same thing. It's like we're all seeking this dream of being okay in this kind of Western country. Yeah. So I would like to talk about, you know, who in your family has inspired you the most? Um, because our families are so much of who we are, especially when we're daughters of immigrants. And, you know, they're the ones that pass on their culture and all of that. So I would love to know, you know, who is the one that inspires you? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like it would have to be my aunt. She's more like a sister to me. Um, we're like six years uh, apart and we talk every day and she is definitely an inspiration, just like how her heart is just so pure. Like everything that she does is just with such pure intentions. And so she definitely inspires me to like be a better person, um, help more um, and just have, you know, just that pure intention, like there's no hidden agenda or anything like that. So she is definitely my biggest inspiration. That's amazing. So I would love to talk about, you know, you as a a kid growing up, if you can kind of transport our listeners back to your cultural experience as a kid, maybe a memory that you have with your family in some way that kind of brings us to and really defines who you are. My best memories, I feel like have always been like Christmas time. 
just because for us in our culture, it's so big. Like we celebrate Christmas, like in November, starting in November until like January. And so just like being able to, you know, get the presents from under the tree, but just like how it's such a party, like it's literally like a party for us every day. And then we celebrate Christmas Noche Buena, which is on the 24th instead of the 25th. So it's like, for us is like for me growing up, it was different from, you know, my friends because they obviously celebrate on the 25th and it's like, oh no, we already ate and, you know, did all the presents and everything on the 24th and also spending Christmas in the Dominican Republic a few years. Oh, that was amazing. Um, I learned a lot about like the traditions, food and drinks and um, like that parade that they do um, is called Aguinaldo where like they go around in the neighborhood like with cars and like they blasting music, Christmas music, dancing on the streets and everything. And it's just like at three in the morning. So I like vividly remember um, I was staying with my cousin and then like my dad came knocking on the door at two in the morning and he's like, get ready, get ready. And I'm like, for what? And he's like, we're going out. I was like, where are we going? He's like, to the streets. And I'm like, I was so confused. I was like, what? And so we go, me and my cousin get ready. We go outside and there's like a line of like 15 cars um, blasting music. And he's like, get in the car, get in the car. So we're just driving around the neighborhood. And then like the neighbors come out, they give you drinks or they give you food or they just come out and dance and things like that. And that went on until like sunrise. And that's literally like the best memory I've had in the Dominican Republic at Christmas time because it was so much fun. I've never seen so much crazy Dominicans just out in the streets at three in the morning. Um, and even my dad, I was just like so surprised because my dad is a completely different person in the Dominican Republic than what he is here. Like he is like so much more relaxed, so much more like just himself, I guess. And it's probably just because he's home, you know, like that's all that will always be home to him. So like just seeing him so happy and just loving and living life in that moment, it was just so amazing. So Christmas, I, I just have to say Christmas is like the best memories that I have um, growing up. And I want to provide that also to my kids. Like I, I try to make Christmas time as happy and magical um, as possible. And not just like with the presents. It's also like I try to do like a lot of experiences, like try to take them out to do Christmas stuff um, around here and, and, you know, try to keep the Dominican culture, Christmas Dominican culture in them too. So that's amazing. Um, all right, so we're coming to the end, and what we do with all of the army head guests is that we ask, like, you know, a few quick questions, like, um, speed round kind of thing. Okay. So, what language do you swear in when you accidentally touch a hot plate? <laughs> Spanish. What's your favorite food? Ooh, tacos. What's the song you've had in your head this week? See, now I can't even remember it. Don't, don't worry, be happy. Okay. <laughs> I don't. It was, it was from a commercial. It keeps playing, so we're like, me and my husband are like always saying, "Don't worry." Yeah. What's your last Google search that you're comfortable sharing? Um, I was what was I searching? It has something to do with podcasting because I've been doing a lot of research on podcasting lately. Okay. Um, what is your most embarrassing dream that you had as a little girl? You know, imagining who you're going to be when you grow up. What was like your your embarrassing dream that you were like, I can do anything. I at one point I was going to be an air traffic controller. <laughs> what? That's so specific. I know, I know. I took a personality test and like that was one of the top careers and I was like, "Okay, let's do that." And then I was like, "No. What was I thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> and finally, what is your biggest dream now? Like something that you really want to hope to accomplish in the next few years life? 
Yes. So I really want to expand my podcast. Um, I'm starting to include videos this year, which I'm super, super excited about. Um, but I, my dream is to have my own podcast studio where I can have guests come and do in-person interviews. Either if they can't come, then I'll travel to them. Um, that's a big dream of mine. And then I want to write two more books. One is about immigration. I want to um, write about include some of the stories, include the history of immigration, and then kind of just share my own journey. And then also my therapist told me that I should write a memoir for, you know, things that I went through in my early 20s. So those are like my big, big dreams right now. Beautiful. All right. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Last thing, we ask for everyone to kind of give other daughters of immigrants a piece of advice in telling their story. So what is your advice for girls who are scared to take the leap? and start, you know, talking about these kind of questions? I would say that your story matters and your voice matters. It happened for a reason. And with you getting that courage to share, you will not know how many people will actually needed to listen to your story, needed to hear your voice and can resonate with you and connect with you until you share it. So I definitely encourage everyone who's in, like defense about it, just just to share, just to share. You'll be surprised at how many people can actually relate and connect with you. Beautiful. Now, where can we find you? What's the name of your, your poetry book? Tell us everything. So I hang out on Instagram. My handle is my name, Heidi, H-E-I-D-Y, period, De La Cruz, D-E-L-A-C-R-U-Z-13. And my book is called Words from the Heart. And it is available at Barnes & Noble online. Amazing. And the podcast is available on all the apps. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you'll find it there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is Miha on the Mic, a season of reflection on our shared experiences as daughters of immigrants. Over the next couple of weeks, I'll be sharing stories like these and inviting guests to share theirs. Follow us on Instagram at Mija Podcast, that's M-I-J-A Podcast, and leave us a note if you like this story. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. This is a production of Studio Ochenta, a Latina-owned multilingual podcast studio dedicated to raising voices across cultures. For more from Studio Ochenta, follow us at Ochenta Podcasts on Instagram. That's O-C-H-E-N-T-A Podcast with an S on Instagram. P.S. Don't forget this season is also about you. If you have a story you'd like to share, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, I invite you to reach out on Instagram at Miha Podcast and leave us a message with a short story or memory of yours that warms your heart. We'll read it out loud on the show. Hasta pronto. Ciao. Thank you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Did you know that Mija has her own audiobook with exclusive and brand new material? It's called Mija Podcast, the audiobook, an exclusive and never-before-heard collection of memoirs and reflections by her creator, Lori Martinez, about what it meant to turn her own migration story into a fiction series. When you get Ochenta's audiobooks, you're directly supporting our independent audio series productions. You can find it on Libro.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobooks app. Also available in Spanish and French. <laughs> 